I smell cinnamon rolls, and that's bringing me some joy right now. So, not everything does have peanut butter, but it could, and it should. Well, I want to talk this morning about good news of uh, great joy, and so the simplest way to do that is just to read every element of this section here of the declaration of the shepherds, uh, declaration of the angels to the shepherds uh, about this news of joy. And so uh, we're just going to take it line by line and piece by piece and pick this apart. And I want to ask this morning if this is uh, a source of joy for you and I. So here's what they say. I bring you good news of great joy. That's mega joy. Just in case you're wondering the technical Greek word behind that, that's a mega. So it's mega joy. And it will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, because I I think that we're uh, focused on all these other aspects of joy or things that we're anticipating, and like I said, I, I feel it's probably unlikely that at any point during the week you thought forward to our earlier service this morning and thought, that's going to bring me so much joy, right? And just gathering here, and I think this is such a, a disconnect because the, 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 it's in the title, guys. It's Christ Mass, and uh, and yet we, we find so many other things to to root our joy in at this time that we almost miss the whole point of it. And uh, I said it's like trying to go into a, a restaurant and, and yell at people that they'll be hungry tomorrow. And so let's just talk about why it's good news of great joy. These things are connected. And so um, what makes good news? good news? Is it, the, is it the objective content of the news that makes it good? Sometimes good news can be bad news, depending on how you take it. It could, it could be that sometimes bad news is, is good news, depending on the context that it's given. So good news like, hey, uh, the Raiders won a game. If you're not a Raiders fan, you might take that as bad news, right? But bad news like Hitler is dead can be good news, if it's in the right context. So you see that it's not necessarily objectively that the words that are coming out, but the way that the news is taken and the context by which it comes. So the good news, when it's received as beneficial, makes it good news. And so what the angels say to them is, fear not. There's, there's the, the, the negative context. They're worried about what's going to happen. And the declaration is to fear not because I bring you good news of, of great joy. If you would have rewound just before this in Luke chapter 1, uh, it talks about the anticipation that uh, Mary had of, of having Jesus and how she rejoiced when she was told what was going to happen and how when she went to meet her cousin Elizabeth and how she was carrying John the Baptist in her stomach and he, even as a little small child in her womb, rejoiced. He, he leapt for joy. And so this, 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 um, this news and this time is full of, of joy. But good news doesn't necessarily matter if it's not relevant to you, Right? It has to be something that it, that it's, that's uh, directed at, something that you care about. If it's unrelatable, it's useless, right? But here's what the angels say. This, this news will be for all people. It's not just something that matters to you because you happen to be uh, an Israelite. It doesn't uh, negate other people. He opens the context for, for everyone. It will be for all people. So I don't follow news. I don't know about you in, in third world countries that I don't live in. So the, the, the relevant news at that point for what they're experiencing isn't something that I would necessarily care about. So the good news doesn't matter if it's not relatable, right? If it's not applied to you. And good news is not 
good news if it's not accessible to you. So if, uh, if you have some announcement about something that you can't actually make your way to, then it doesn't really matter. But they say, this good news is for you, and it's also in uh, a place that's nearby. It's in the, the city of David, of Bethlehem. And so they know that they can, they can get to it. So the good news must be uh, relevant to you. It must be relatable. It must be accessible. And the good news is not news at all if it's not new information, right? It's in the, it's in the word, news. It's, it's some, some, some bit of new information to enlighten you about something that's going on. So they say this day. So if I say yesterday, they were giving out free Chick-fil-A sandwiches. You'd be like, that's not useful to me, right? It's not, it's not, it's not relevant information because I can't, I can't get to it. And it was good news, but it's not news that I can do anything with. So we have news that's relatable. It's accessible. It's beneficial. And then we get into a series of declarations because it's born unto them this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. We, we start to get into some titles about what the news entails. So here, the baby is called Savior. So if you take the context of, of what's being actually said here, the, the word today and is are, are very uh, relevant here. Jesus came as the Savior. He doesn't become the Savior. And to say Jesus is born as Savior is to recognize Jesus came for this specific purpose, to save. A baby being born is news, but it's neither objectively bad or objectively good. A, a child has yet to do anything at this point. So you can't say, hey, I, I think that's great news. So not to be crude, but also Hitler was born as a baby. And somebody took that as good news at that point. So we, we sort of want to measure the, the, the content of it by the life. But here we're told that his purpose is already in place. The news of another child existing in the world simply by itself wouldn't be a cause for celebration. Jesus did not save anyone merely by coming into the world as a human being, but he did come into the world as a human being. This is his purpose. Jesus's ultimate purpose in his birth is his death. John declared of Jesus before he had actually done anything, there goes the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus is called the lamb who was slain before the foundations of the world. That means before he was born, it was a resolute thing. It was already in place at some point that he would die. That's already happening. The only way, the only way sin is taken away is by shedding blood. And the only way that a lamb can take away sin is by dying. So here's what we have in this declaration, that we have a savior. This is the tragic foreshadowing, if we have eyes to see it, that Jesus' purpose in being born was to die. Jesus is born with a cross already an established purpose in his life. Christ, he's, he, he's born Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Not every baby's birth is uh, necessarily notable. Now it is, of course, to the family, and it's good news to the family and, and those that gather around and care, but what we have here is, is that um, it's especially noteworthy if a baby is born in a noble family. It, it matters if the king has a baby because now there's a new heir present on the throne. You guys know that Christ is not Jesus's last name. It's a title. It means anointed one. It means chosen one. It's the, the Messiah. And so we see all of these words, but they all mean the same thing. Jesus isn't a baby who would have to become worthy 
of being a king. He's not one who has to achieve a certain lineage. Philippians tells us that he set aside all of the glory that he already had in heaven, all of the worship that he had already attained. He puts that aside. He puts it away to to humble himself and come as a human being. And so the Christ was foretold as the one who would be sent, who was chosen, and he is the leader, the king, the bringer of salvation, a human who would reign over all mankind as the only one. So there's, a, there's an exclusivity to this. He's, he's Christ. He's the only means of reconciliation, the only one through whom salvation could come. And then we have the last title of Lord. Jesus' name literally means the Lord is salvation. Jesus saves from sin by dying, but God cannot die unless he first adds humanity. He must do this so uh, Christ adds humanity to himself so that he can give that life for us. So we're told this is important because it means that we have a, a God who entered into our condition. He's not unsympathetic to both our, our highs, but also our lows. He knows our pains and our joys. But it is the Lord himself, who is the creator of heaven, who sustains all things, who's the author of life, that actually steps into humanity with us. He's the savior destined for death. He's the chosen one, to bear sin, and to lead his people from captivity. And this is the Lord. So every encounter with news uh, gives the opportunity. It's an invitation. You can, either, you can either take it for what it is. You can revel in it and, and enjoy it and celebrate it, or you can reject it. You can uh, relegate it to indifference. You can think that it's uh, something that doesn't bear any news to you. So Jesus came into the world we're told, for all people. This address is specifically to one group, but, but it's for the whole world. But we're told that when Jesus came into the world, he came to save the world, that the world didn't receive him. And so we miss that good news of great joy doesn't really matter unless that news is received. It comes down to receiving. Just declaring news out into the open doesn't necessarily change anything for us. So I want to pick it up in verse 15, where we find out what happens with this news. See, the shepherds decide that they're going to act on this news that's been declared. So it says, they say, let us go to Bethlehem and see the thing that that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard... um, And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. It says all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them, because this is a group of people who were unconvinced. I I can prove that to you in just a second, but they were skeptical because the news wasn't good or it wasn't relevant or it wasn't accessible. It wasn't something that mattered to them. Perhaps they rejected it just because it was a baby and it went against anything that they had expected. But here he is. Savior, Christ, the Lord. And the reason I know that these people are indifferent and that there's another group that uh, respond differently is because this important word, but. So we have one response of the people who wondered about these things. There's an air of like, I don't know what to do with this, or I don't really care to do anything with it. That's the news that was shared. But then we have, but. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds, they joined this group as well. Mary treasured up all these things, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen and had been told. The announcement and the hearing of good news 
is not the same as receiving it as good news. There's good news that happens all the time, but you don't know about it. There's good news that that you're told all the time, but if you don't receive it as good news or act on it or do anything with it, it's useless. If I say, I got you a monthly fruitcake subscription, no cost, right? Is that going to give you great joy? I don't know, man. Maybe you love fruitcake and I don't, but maybe that is a cause for you to have, uh, to respond in great joys. But hearing the good news is not the same as receiving it and responding to it. And here we find out that the, the good news is an important bad news, good news scenario. The word good news here is the Greek word that we translate everywhere, the gospel. The gospel. This is a gospel word. The whole scope of this declaration of good news to the world is the gospel arrival of salvation. The good news of joy is connected with Jesus' being, like who he is and what his purpose is going to be. The good news brings no joy for those who do not see it as good. It brings no joy for those who will not receive it as beneficial. The prophet Isaiah, who lived some 700 years before this night in Bethlehem, foretold the words, uh, what, what the Messiah would come into, the condition of the world, that the Christ would be the king, he would be the savior, he would be the deliverer, but that he would come into a world that was full of darkness. That when Messiah would come, he would be a deliverer who would be like a light that comes that shines on a people who walk in darkness. Have you ever tried to do something in the dark? (laughs) Have you ever tried to walk somewhere in the dark? Have you ever tried to walk somewhere unfamiliar, just even around your house in the complete darkness? It's not, it's not an easy task. And uh, you fumble around. Have you ever tried to get dressed in the dark, right? And, uh, and it says here that when the Messiah came, he would come and he'd be like a light that comes into the darkness and he shines on the people. And we might be mistaken in thinking that simply the arrival of light would result in in goodness. But what happens if you flip on the light after you've been doing things in darkness for a while? Maybe you got dressed in the dark, you, you tried to get somewhere, you maybe bumped your shin or you hit your toe on something that you didn't mean to. All the light does is reveal all of the damage done in the darkness. When the light comes, it shines on a people living and walking in darkness. The light itself doesn't save them. We aren't saved by the light. What it does is expose the problems of walking in darkness. When we're able to see, we begin to see reality as it really is. When John tells us that Jesus was the light that came into the world, what it did is expose that people love darkness rather than light. When the lights flipped on and suddenly our outfit doesn't match, or we wound up in the wrong destination from where we started and intended to go, and the lights come on, you have a choice. You respond to that well, or you respond to it with, with rejection and not wanting it. And so Jesus comes as the light of a child with the cross already in view as his purpose. And so to receive the news of Jesus for who he is and what he would do is to draw near to God through him. And so this is the presentation of a different kind of joy. This is a presentation of a different kind of source. When Jesus declared, I am the light 
of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He's giving an invitation. He says, you can, you can continue to walk in darkness. You can continue to find uh, other ways to do things, but it won't result in anything but, a, but, but negativity and death. He says, it's the light of life that you will be walking in. This contrast of what Joseph and Mary and the shepherds do versus the rest of those gathered is to receive the news as great joy. Christ, because of who he is, is good news. And to receive the news is to receive him and the gospel word about him. And the source of joy can't be separated from the news that brings that joy. And the news is that there is a light that it's lit. And the news is that there is a way that's been made. And this way that's been made does exist as an invitation These candles are symbolic. <laughs> and lighting your candle off of this candle does not save you. It doesn't, it doesn't make something true that wasn't true before simply by lighting a candle, but it's symbolic of something. So you can hold on to that candle all day long and know what its purpose is. You can see this candle lit up here and see what the purpose of a candle is, but unless you act on that, that there's a way made and there's a light lit that could light your candle, that could be your source of light, that could be your source of joy. That is what it is to receive the good news as good news, to treasure it in your heart, to respond to the invitation that's given at Christmas. There's lots of other joys. It, it's not to say that you can't have happiness in life without God, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a quick, fleeting joy. Just like eating at a restaurant, you'll be full for that day, but you'll be hungry tomorrow. You'll open a gift today, you'll see someone today, you'll sing a song, you'll eat a meal, whatever it is, but those, those joys don't last. So I want to point you this morning to a different source of joy and invite you to come this morning symbolically to light your candle off of the light. So we sing this song in the coming moments. Come all ye faithful. And so if you'll carefully make your way up to the candle and uh, light your candle, we'll sing this song together. We'll celebrate. And we'll be dismissed.